Once again, the Mariners' magic number went down, but not because of anything they did. Are they two in their head right now? Robbie Ray and Scott Service think so. Do we agree? We'll tell you coming up here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Wednesday, September 28th, 2022. This is Tidy Gonzalez and Colby Patnode for the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube. Or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. The link as well as our social accounts is in the description below. On the show today, we will be giving you our takeaways from last night's 5-0 shutout loss to the Rangers. Gross. And... And uh, we'll discuss uh, Robbie Ray and Scott Service's comments on the Mariners being two in their heads right now as the losing just continues and continues and continues for this team. Uh, But I want to start out by making a couple of statements here, Colby, Uh, and a couple of statements I think can both be true. One, the Mariners are going to make the playoffs, but two, they are collapsing. We are seeing the collapse here. From the injuries to going 3-8 and eight against some of the worst teams in baseball over their last 11 games, I don't think that a collapse necessarily has to end with them losing their wildcard spot because that's kind of what we've talked about is that it's going to take this ultimate collapse for them to lose this you know, wonderful, wonderful opportunity that they had put themselves in position to have here. Um, they are incredibly fortunate that the Orioles are – not necessarily also collapsing, but they are coming down to earth. Uh, the pitching has been awful for the Orioles. They lost last night in Boston 13-9. to uh, The offense has been great for them, but they just haven't been able to uh, close the door on anyone. And now the magic number is to five, and the math, you know, I'll keep on saying this, is just not in Baltimore's favor whatsoever. But the Mariners, for all the injuries that they have sustained, for the struggles that they continue to have on the field, They are collapsing, and they only have nine days now before the postseason begins to fix it. So, really, for me, I I just (laughs) – it's it's depressing, (laughs) quite frankly. There's no other way around it uh, because this team had such a great opportunity at hand here, but it's lost the wild card one. It has really no chance at this point to – salvage the wildcard one unless the Blue Jays completely fall apart which I don't think is going to happen they're playing pretty great ball right now and they might have even lost out on the wildcard too because they had an opportunity last night to stay in line with the Rays who won an extra innings game with Guardians they've had opportunities to leapfrog the Rays over the last few days and they just haven't been able to do it and so it just kind of seems like they're going to end up going into Cleveland against a Guardians team that is well on the rise right now. It's playing its best ball of the season. And those two teams are just kind of going in the opposite direction. And really the point of me saying all this is that I have lost a lot of faith in terms of what they can do in the postseason. You know, I thought that they were well poised. I said this countless times on the show that I, I thought they were well poised to go deep into the postseason. Unless, you know, but now for me, unless they completely turn things around here, unless Julio Rodriguez is able to come back and just take over, um, I think this team might be two and done in the wild card round. How are you feeling right now? 
somehow I have to be the optimistic one. That's not a familiar place for me, but, um, so you're feeling you know, I, a little bit better about this, huh? I'm feeling okay about it. Um, mostly because I do think that, uh, getting Julio back is going to help. I do think that getting Gino, uh, you know, get him back in, in the flow of things and it wasn't a particularly good game for him yesterday, but you know, you take 10 days off in the middle of the season, it takes a couple days uh, to get things going. Um, Ty Francis started to hit again, so that's really good news. Uh, Mitch Haniger simply cannot hit. Like, not that he's str- he he can't hit right now. He's he's terrible. He's your worst player right now, uh, which is saying something. So, uh, no, I, I still feel okay about it. You know, Robbie Ray is kind of the one guy who's been pretty good the last two times through the rotation. I'm not too worried about that. I'm not too worried about Luis Castillo. Why would I be? Um, and I just, I feel like Kirby and, and Gilbert, those things are going to get fixed. They're going to get worked out. Um, and like you said, the, the team's in such a great shot in such great shape in terms of standings that without the, you know, the looming wild card one, uh, kind of, you know, sitting out there, like they're not going to win that. And, and that's really what this three and eight stretch has cost them. It's cost them any shot to guarantee home playoff games, which is a bummer. But I, I think, you know, that pressure, uh, it can be lifted now in general, but you know we'll we'll talk about the pressure that the team's under because yeah. Scott thinks it's a it's a thing, and and if it is a thing, then that's on Scott. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, part of Scott's job and part of what we praise Scott service for is his his culture building and how great he's been to to you know build this clubhouse and stick together and all that stuff. Well, if your team's choking down the stretch because of the pressure you get some of the blame for that if you get some of the credit for the 14 game win streak and the vibes and all that stuff like that's part of what scott does and by the way scott has not been good uh, as a game manager the last 10 days either a lot of questionable really weird decisions um coming from scott's service lately so yeah it's hard to feel too good about this team right now uh but you know i i do think that this isn't something we've never seen we've never it's not like we've never seen a team really struggle in the last few weeks and then go on a great postseason success. Uh, the 2000 New York Yankees went three and 15 in their last 18 games, literally limped into the playoffs, including losing seven in a row. Hmm. Uh, you know, they were, they were 25 games of over 500 on like September 12th and they finished with 87 wins. Like you can see how that's, that's not good. And, hmm. and the 2000 Yankees, you know, won the World Series. So are the Mariners as talented as the 2000 Yankees? No, of course not. But it doesn't take a lot to kind of turn things around and kind of right the ship and it can happen on any given day. Uh, you know, I, I think we'd feel a lot better about this team if they just won two games in a row, like at any point, uh, because they haven't done that since Atlanta. The or, Atlanta. Yeah. Or no, no, no. Yeah. Or, oh, yeah, yeah, because they lost the first game in the, or against Atlanta. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so they haven't won two games in a row in a while, and so I think that that would tend to to calm us down a bit. So, yeah, uh, yeah. again, it's not impossible. We've seen teams, you know, I, I think one of the Cardinals World Series teams, they got in at like 84 and, and 78, um, mm. you know, kind of walked backwards into the playoffs, and they won the World Series. So it's not like it's impossible for, for a player to get hot right as the season ends and then it carries over and – the playoffs are weird. You just got to get in and, and you have a shot. But, yeah, it's hard to feel great about it because the Mariners are just, you know, 
for the last two weeks or so, they've been like the worst team in baseball, one yeah. of the worst teams in baseball. They look much like they're much closer to having the number one overall pick than they are to clinching a playoff spot. But, you know, so again, math is on their side. So what you're saying is I'm too quick to hit the panic button here. I don't. I don't think you're too quick. Like you can you can hit the panic button if you want, and and not it's, and, it's and well again to, and, and again not you know just to reiterate not the panic button on the playoff spot, but their chances within the postseason. It's just I just right now watching this team, and again you know like you said, anything can you know things can drastically change in a matter of days when it comes to baseball, especially when it comes to this team of all teams. But I just you know I watch this team right now, and it's like okay, even if Julio comes back and is really good again which is kind of an if you know with a with a back situation and we don't know exactly you know how well he's going to be when he comes back but like even with julio who else is going to step up who else is going to step up on this offense because right now the pitching is still good but it's not you know shutting teams down it's not you know keeping teams to zero to one yeah zero to one runs like they're not keeping games that close like the 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 team has to score at least a little bit here the offense has to score a little bit it needed to score last night right uh and so you know like you said you know ty france is starting to hit hit more um you know hanniger's had some really awful at bats he's also you know got some singles and stuff here but that isn't really doing enough damage but who else right now is going to step up because you know we're going to be talking about gino suarez uh in a few minutes here but that that's the thing for me you know again i know everyone who's listening to this is tired of me saying this but you can't win these games zero to negative one you got to be able to score runs and you're going to need to be able to score runs in the postseason obviously pitching reigns supreme but you're going to need those timely hits and right now they're just not getting those they're getting opportunities they had first and second i forget which inning it was yeah last night no one out i think they had france and hanniger reach uh, to start that inning off, and they couldn't do anything with it. They have to be able to capitalize on these opportunities. And if they're not able to capitalize on these opportunities against really bad teams and against really bad pitching staffs and against the Texas Rangers on a bullpen day coming off of an off day, like how am I supposed to have faith that they can do that against the Guardians in postseason baseball? Ty, can I just ask you? Do you even like this team? Do you even like baseball? <laughs> are you are you the guy that uh, said that to me on Twitter? Is it coming out now that you uh, were, you were that was your burner? <laughs> that was your burner account. Uh, no, I'm not. Mm. But uh, no, it's just one of those things. Like it's it's very easy to be down on this baseball team. They've earned that uh, feeling. Um, you know, I hope we're not going to see them start being like, well, we need the fans to show up because they have been there. You guys haven't earned that though. Like you can't. You can't have a 20-year playoff drought and then literally start limping into the playoffs and then complain that the energy is not there in the stadium or that, oh, we didn't draw enough. That's on you. That's on you. Because I guarantee you this, if you had gone 8-3 and three on the road trip, you would have had 40,000 people there last night. Fact. Fact. Mm. You would have. So, yeah, this is on you guys a little bit. And, you know, it's funny. After they won in Kansas City, we saw some players, I think JP and uh, somebody else, were like, oh, well, I know on social media they're really worried about us, but, like, what do they know? And it's, well, guys, don't run away from that now. Don't run away from that attitude now because you haven't earned the the like benefit of the doubt in terms of you know not choking this away. Even though you you haven't choked anything away, it's still you play for the Mariners and that's the reputation. So, yeah, it's just it's very hard right now to feel good about this team. Uh, I get it. 
but you know, again, we're one three game winning streak away from everybody going like, Oh my God. Yes. We're back and get this figured out. Nobody wants to play the Mariners, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I'm going to so, be like that. By the way, I want to be very clear. I'm going to be that guy too, right? I'm at, I'm at yeah, my most emotional are. point in this season now that I'm I'm definitely going to flip-flop. I'm just going to warn our I'm, <laughs> I'm going to warn our, 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 our viewers here, our listeners here, you, Colby, as well as my co-host. I am going to flip-flop. I am going to be emotional here over the next you know couple of weeks or so as this thing right. concludes. Uh, but I, I think that's fair. <laughs> I, th- I think it's fair to like hey like everybody's going to go through ups and downs over the next few weeks because this is unprecedented Mm -hmm. territory for most of us for everybody in the social media era i don't know how to act Um, i don't know how to act during this time (laughs) let's you know everything that gets said over the next let's just say between now until the mariners make the playoffs like anything that is said out of emotion that isn't obviously there's a line that you can cross but like Mm. You know, everything that is just like, oh, this team sucks. Oh, this team's great. Like, all that and everything in between. Like, let's just, you know, give each other a pass on that because, again, the Mariners have never even been in this situation in the in the social media era mm. of the world. So we're going to see a lot of that on Twitter back and forth. And it just, you know, just give people some passes uh, this time around. But, uh, yeah. All right. Well, while I don't feel good about this team right now and while maybe some of our listeners don't feel good about this team right now, Allow Players. me to talk about something that might make you feel good as a person. That's right, folks. I'm talking about Bluetooth. Guys, we all know that confidence can take you far in life. That's especially true in the bedroom, especially when it's time to step up to the plate. That's where Bluetooth comes in. Bluetooth is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And the best part? It's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. BlueChew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. And with BlueChew, men everywhere are excited to see the postman because when your package has arrived... Your package has arrived. Say it with me, folks. Your package has arrived. So if you can benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use promo code Locked On at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com. Promo code Locked On to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more defa- details and important safety information. And we thank blue chew for sponsoring the podcast you're listening to the locked on mariners podcast thank you so much for making us your first listen so colby i don't want to talk about this too much but we should talk a little bit about last night's game got a couple of takeaways uh for me i want to start with a eugenio suarez we were just talking about him and of course first game back so i'm not going to hold too much against him Uh, But I was a little concerned with his approach at the plate last night. It really didn't seem like he wanted to swing that bat, did it? Yeah, I didn't really notice. Really? (laughs) No, I I mean, I don't know. I think, you know, judging guys the first game or two off of an injury is, especially when you're talking about like wrist, hand, Mm -hmm. like that's, that's always tough because there's also that mental block, you know, in the back of your head where it's like, 
okay, if I, if I don't swing this right or if I, you know, what, like, what if that pitch comes in it? Like, you know what I mean? There's just like this idea that like, I don't want to re aggravate this. So you, you kind of, you kind of perform extra cautiously. Right. I think everybody's done that before they, they've had a, a wrist thing and then they've gone golfing and they're like, Oh, you know, it's, I'm, I'm overcompensating. Right. Is basically the idea. And you're playing with a little bit of fear. I, I just, I don't want to judge Gino based off of that, but uh, yeah, you know, it wasn't quite as aggressive um, as you would like early in counts, but yeah, I, I don't, I didn't notice anything that was like worrisome. Mm. Well, Going off of that, though, it kind of seemed like there were a lot of players on the Mariners who were afraid to swing the bats, including Mitch Haniger on that one at bat where he just took, like, middle-middle for some reason. There were a couple times that I saw Mariners hitters just taking middle-middle and just not doing anything with it last night. Is this team now at a point where it's just fishing for walks? Like, what what's going on here? What, what are you seeing from the Mariners' approach at the plate overall? Yeah, it certainly seems like, you know, the most of the players are up there not really looking to what's the word here? Hit. Yes, that's the word. Um, you know, just I, I know, you know, Jerry's whole thing is like this team is meant to to draw walks and hit home runs, and that's how we're gonna score runs. That's stupid. Um because what happens when you don't hit home runs? You generate traffic and you get nothing to show for it. So yeah, I don't want to say that team that you know the Mariners are going out there trying to walk or hit home runs. That's that's not exactly true, but they have kind of made that their identity and kind of their expectation. Um, and there are times where you're just you know, Mitch, the the right side of the infield is wide, left side of the infield is wide open, right side for us. Why don't you just go ahead and slap that ball, you know, past where the second baseman's standing with a guy on second base? Like, mm-hmm. why can't you just do that? And it's one of those things where in Mitch is capable of doing that, right? We know Mitch has made the conscious decision. He said as much, you know, in person to try and pull the ball a lot. Like he wants to hit for power. Well, Mitch, if you can't hit for power consistently, you need to hit for average. And and Mitch right now is just caught in between. He's like, again, I don't mean to, you know, I don't mean to keep hammering Mitch Haniger, but he's been terrible. Like just God awful uh, this month. Probably the worst hitter in baseball. He needs to make a change. He needs to make a change. I'd rather have Dylan Moore start every day in right field than Mitch Haniger. Yeah, me. I'd rather have Dylan Moore than Mitch Haniger right now. Mitch Haniger's terrible. He needs to make a change. And I know it's not easy, and I'm not saying he has to make a drastic change, but he needs to change something because he's just he's that bad right now. Jesse Winker at times goes up there, and it looks like he's literally only trying to walk. Like his swings are defensive, and he's just trying to, you know, ah, let me just get to ball four because that's, that's what I can do, right? <clears throat> we saw Ty France. He was chasing for a while, trying to make things happen. And he's reined back on that in his last two weeks. He's hitting like 289 with a 500 slugging. He's been very good lately, so that's good. Um, but yeah, I, I think a lot of Mariner, or I think a lot of the Mariners hitters, they they're kind of caught in between of doing what they normally do and what they think they need to do to, to kind of try and single handedly pull this team out. And it's that's just not how it's going to work. It's not going to work like that. JP Crawford doesn't need to get to his pole side more, right? JP Crawford has to be the slap hitter that he is. Adam Frazier stinks. They should bench him too. Um, thank goodness he had that good month of July though. Whew. You remember how good he was in July? Wow. Didn't need Brandon Drury. Nope. Um, so, yeah, it's just one of those things where, you know, Haggerty slowed down a bit. That's to be expected. Uh, it, it's it's just right now the team is is 
bad. And it's led by, you know, a group of veterans who are playing poorly. J.P. Crawford is not playing well right now defensively too. I mean, he's, he's made a lot of defensive mistakes. Um, you know, Mitch Haniger, we've talked about, he's not playing well right now. Cal Raleigh's in a bit, a bit of a funk and that's, expl- that's, you know, explainable because of his thumb injury. Um, but you're not getting anything from Kirk Casale, who was supposed to be this big, you know, off. That's our big trade deadline. Like, Ooh, backup catcher. We got so much better. And then they didn't use him. And then when they do use him, he doesn't hit. So yeah, they, they're in a bad spot right now. I think, uh, I don't know if guys are trying or pressing too hard. I don't know if they're, I don't know what it is, but something has to change. I can already see the comments now. So I have to ask you, you, you you're just, you're going to mm-hmm. have to address this, the, the, the Mitch Hanniger thing, because people are going to say in the comments, I know what's coming here. He's Colby. He's five for his last 10. He's literally hitting 500 over his last two games. So what, what is your response no. to that? Hitting the ball with authority. Is he all singles? Wow! Yeah, cool. Woo! He has one. He's he has one okay. double. He has one double. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's been he's been very good in his last ten at bats. If you ignore the other two hundred, he's been great. Like, get out of here with your nonsense. Mitch Haniger hitting anywhere in your top four is an abomination. By the way, that should stop immediately. Um, yeah, we'll see. He's facing Martin Perez tonight. I'm sure he'll strike out looking at a pitch right down the middle. I'm sure he'll ground out weakly to the shortstop, and then he'll pop up to like medium medium deep right field and people will be like, oh he almost got he just missed that one and he'll go 0 for 4 and fans will be like oh well i mean you have to bring him back next year like it's mitch hanniger like he's so valuable going 0 for 4 and playing subpar defense with no power by the way oh who could have ever man it's hard to believe that mitch hanniger didn't stay healthy and then didn't produce after missing half the year Man. We we had a good run of optimistic Colby in this episode. <laughs> I'm not optimistic about Mitch Haniger at all. Uh, uh, it's it's hard to, to be, blame you for that, honestly. He's a scrub. <laughs> wow. Honestly, I mean, honestly, it's not ridiculous to suggest that Marco Gonzalez should be playing right field more often. Okay. Than Mitch <laughs> all right. All right. Let's Boom. let's let's move on. Let's move on. Um, you guys you guys can thank me later. Um, uh, for let's that. let's move on here. Okay. So after the game last night, you can thank me later. Scott Service and Robbie Ray had some interesting things to say about the ball club. Kind of what's going on with this team. Uh, let's start with what Scott had to say. This comes from Ryan Devish of the Seattle Times. Uh, Scott says, quote, we didn't have a good ball game. There's no way to sugarcoat it. We didn't do anything offensively. We need to kind of take a deep breath here, relax a little bit, and try to go out and play a good ball game and have fun again. Uh, Scott also added, you know, because as much as you want to grind through this game and everybody sees how close we are to reaching our goal, you've still got to play the game and you've got to have fun. We're not having a lot of fun right now. Last couple days have been pretty rough. And then Robbie Ray was pretty much asked, you know, the same thing, you know, what's going on with this team? And Robbie said, quote, I think for me, we've, we've just got to stop looking at the uh, out-of-town scoreboard. If it was my choice, we'd turn that thing off because we need to play our brand of baseball. He added, we need to stop worrying about what other people in the league are doing, what Baltimore is doing, what Tampa is doing, what Toronto is doing, and we need to play Mariners baseball. That should be our focus, our main focus every day. It doesn't matter if Baltimore loses. It doesn't matter if Tampa loses or wins. What are the Mariners doing today? We're going to win every pitch. And I mean, you know, Robbie is right. At the end of the day, you control your own destiny here. You can clench without Baltimore having to lose a single game the rest of the way. Uh, So 
you don't even have to worry about any of that right now. Just keep on winning, and this team just hasn't. You know, they have this great opportunity at hand with the easiest schedule remaining in baseball. We've talked about it time and time again, and ultimately that hasn't mattered. Right? That's completely irrelevant to the discussion, the the strength of schedule. Um, so, you know, this kind of goes back to a conversation that you and I had on uh, Monday's show about this team, you know, pressing a bit, getting too much in their heads because they know that they are so close. They, you know, they're... They're just like us. They know what's going on here. They know about their strength, the schedule, and all that stuff. They knew they knew what was at stake here and what kind of their path was looking like and what kind of opportunity they had presented to themselves and how they're, you know, failing to, you know, follow through on that, to take advantage of that. So uh, do you agree with, with, with Scott that, you know, they just got to get back to having fun? Is it that simple? Is there something deeper here? Like, how, how do the Mariners basically revert back to neutral? I don't know. <laughs> um, because, you know, we, we thought, you know, hey, well, they'll have a nice easy win on Sunday. Oh, nope. And then, well, they get the off day on Monday and, and that'll help. Mm, no. Oh, they'll be back at home. You know, they'll be energized by the crowd. Nope. Mm-mm. So like everything that Scott has said for the last few days about how they're going to, you know, write the ship and do all this stuff. It hasn't happened at all. Hasn't come close. So it's just one of those things where there's probably not an answer and it's probably just going to happen organically and at a random time. You know, if it does happen at all, um, we probably won't even know when it happens. Um but something does have to happen. It's, it's, I, I don't know what Scott, you know, you got to have fun. Well, Scott getting your teeth kicked in for two straight weeks isn't fun. Mm. And that's a really hard thing to do. It's see, well, we have to win. We have to have fun to win. You have to win to have fun. You know what I mean? So it's one of those things where there's not a lot. Scott's comments are, they're basically irrelevant. Like that's a whole lot of word vomit. It's, it's, you know, word pasta that he's throwing at the wall and it, it means nothing. There's really nothing there from Scott's comments. Um, you know, as, as for Robbie, um, you know, Robbie's one of the few guys who's been in a postseason race um, recently. Now I know the Mariners were in it last year, um, but were they really like they had to look at the out of town scoreboard, right? Because they were trailing and they were trying to catch up. Uh, you know, this time around, they're not in that situation. Robbie's been in, in that situation where they, they control their own destiny and, and, you know, they wrote it through to the end. So maybe there's something to that. I, they're not going to turn off the out of town scoreboards, but um, I think there is just something about just focus on what you can control. And, you know, you don't worry about what Baltimore's doing. But when you're playing this poorly, then it's kind of like, mm-hmm. yeah, we, we have to root for whoever's playing against Baltimore because we don't trust ourselves to, to take care of this. You know, and that goes back to the so. whole thing about them being so fortunate that Baltimore continues to lose and like they haven't been able to string together a bunch of wins here. You know, though, I have a question uh, about, you know, the out of town scoreboard. If you are so hyper focused on it as a player, or as a, you know, collectively as a team, when you see, you know, last night it's two nothing in the, and, you know, against uh, Texas at, at the point that Baltimore loses, you see on the scoreboard, Baltimore has lost. Don't you feel like that should more so relax you? Or do you think that maybe adds more pressure because it's like, oh, well, we now have like this grand opportunity. We have to win now because Baltimore lost and we can really, you know, stretch this thing out here. Like what is like to me, though, like it should like just relax you. It's like, okay, well, we can't like lose any ground here. 
if we lose, you know, so what do we have to lose? You know, let's just let's just play our game. Let's just get back to our game here. But that didn't really seem to happen last night. Just things continued to snowball for them. So I I, I don't know. I, I just it, it, mentally like obviously they're not going to turn off the scoreboard, but you got to tune that out. You just got to get back to playing your baseball. You got to get back to worrying about what you can control, because, again, Baltimore, you don't need Baltimore to lose another game for you to clinch. You just got to win five more games out of the next nine, which I know that sounds like an astronomical figure here when talking about this Mariners team and how they're currently playing. But again, I'm going to cite the schedule. You should be beating these teams. They are still not very good. You, it's like you literally only have you win uh, you win one game against Texas and you win the next two series. You're in. You only have to mm-hmm. win one series. To basically clinch. I mean, that's yeah. really what you're looking at. You win one against Texas. You win one against Oakland. Uh, you win three or four against Detroit. You're in. You know, you win one against Texas, one against Oakland, or one against Detroit, two against Detroit, two against Oakland, right? You split a series, you won a series, and, and you lost a series. You're in. Like, mm-hmm. the path to five is incredibly easy um, yeah. to see. Uh, so, I don't, I don't know. I, I do wonder maybe once, once the number gets to one, like, is there just like, is there like a killer instinct that that sinks in? Is there like a you know a sigh of relief? I I don't know. You know, we talked about this. Could the team like would it shock you if the team just you know the day after they clinch, they go on a nice little run, they went three or four in a row to kind of you know mm-hmm. uh, slide into the playoffs um, on a bit of a win streak? No, it wouldn't because I do think I do think ending the drought means something to most of the players in the clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I think I obviously it means something to guys like Matt Boyd, but um, I think I think it does mean something to Mitch Haniger and, and JP Crawford and, and Ty France. I, you know, and and it doesn't have to like if if you know Luis Castillo doesn't care about ending the drought, he just wants to make the playoffs. That's fine, like because it's it's the same goal, right? It just mm-hmm. means different things to different people. So I'm not sitting here suggesting that you know if Jared Kelnick doesn't care about ending the drought, he just wants to you know make the playoff roster. Well, that's fine because if Kelnick plays well enough to make the playoff roster, it means Seattle made the playoffs. So the goal, they're all pushing towards the same goal, but I think they're all, I don't think all of them are doing it for the same reason. And so I just wonder if, you know, making the playoffs will cause some of those guys who, who like want to be, well, they want part of their legacy to be the team that ended the playoff drought in Seattle, like JP, like, like Mitch, you know, I wonder if, if maybe once that officially happens, those guys can relax and and start to produce a little bit because mm-hmm. the team needs them. Because you know, like like we said, Ty France is actually playing pretty well right now, offensively at least. You still feel pretty good about Julio whenever you get him back. Good news there; it sounds like it's going to be the minimum ten day stay, so that's good. Um, but you need somebody else, right? You need you need. Ideally, it's Mitch or it's JP or Winker, like one of those three. And really, by the way, it seems like seems like we got. Good news on Jesse because they sent Taylor Trammell down when they activated Gino instead of ILing uh, Jesse. So maybe it's a bruise. But the other thing that you have to keep in mind here is it's that if once once the swelling goes down uh, on his hand, because we don't know if that's actually happened yet or not, that could reveal a fracture. And if they have to IL him, they can just bring Trammell right back. So it doesn't it doesn't necessarily that. signify that in the end, but. Yeah. I don't want to say that the how the I don't want to say that like 
I don't want to say that that's good news. I'll just say it's news because <laughs> Jesse's been terrible. But um, yeah, you, you want you need somebody to step up, and I hope it is. You know, obviously, I kind of have to hope this at this stage because there's no evidence to suggest that anything else is is likely. So I just have to hope that when Seattle does clinch, those guys relax a little bit, yeah. and they, you know they've they've met their stated goal for the year, and then they can just go out and play with. You don't want to call it house money because you know you just don't want to go to the playoffs. You obviously you want to win, right? And and there's still pressure in the playoffs, but for this team in particular, making the playoffs, I think has always been the goal: ending the drought, right? Stop the bleeding, yeah. and then everything you do afterwards is a bonus. And then next year is when you kind of start your ascent to to the World Series titles and whatnot. So I hope that's the case. You know, it's probably wishful thinking, just you know, hoping and hoping that something. Uh, well. Yeah, just, you know, this will be the solution, just like Scott Service is doing with his whole, like, we just have to have fun thing. Like, yeah, you just hope that's the right thing to say. You hope that's the right attitude. And, you know, but at the end of the day, you have to win for it to be right. So mm-hmm. we'll see how it goes. But, uh, you know, yeah, the Mariners, it's, it's hard to be optimistic about the Mariners. I get that. But I'm going to remain uh, somewhat optimistic because why not? And yeah, I mean, they're really like doesn't you could just be. It, it doesn't change anything at the end of the day, whether you're pessimistic or optimistic about this team. The situation can't really change. The Mariners can't really do anything about the situation that they find themselves in right now, other than play better baseball. Hit. As yeah, other than hit and just play, you know, genuinely, generally better baseball overall. So. Hopefully that starts tonight, but with Martin Perez on the bump and John Gray scheduled to start tomorrow, I I don't know. I really don't know. But, you know, maybe they, they go up against a, uh, yes, right there, hit, hit, underline it. Underline it 50 billion times, circle it, square it, triangle it, what have you. Hit, hit the ball, hit the ball, hit the ball. All right, so, yeah, so we'll see how this all goes. Uh, and, you know, again, Maybe going up against actual good pitchers will reinvigorate this offense because, you know, going up against bad teams and bad pitchers, it typically doesn't go well for the Mariners. So maybe the the Mariners have the Rangers right where they want them now. Who knows? I'm coping. I'm coping so hard right now, and that's going to do it for our episode of Locked On Mariners. Hopefully tomorrow's show is... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, let's go Sox. Um, the earliest the Mariners can clutch now is Friday. Uh, still, you know, got to have a lot of stuff that, that happens in order for that to go down. I'm still looking at Sunday. I'm still looking at Sunday as possibly the day, maybe Monday. But Sunday, I don't know. I feel pretty good about Sunday. I feel pretty good about that happening. I know, though, Colby, that you're going on Saturday. So I, I, I know you want Saturday. but. Probably. Eh. Yeah. yeah, might make it a weekend thing. We'll see. Mm. We'll see how it goes. Okay. Um, all right. All right. You know, maybe if they clinch by Friday, I don't go at all. Like, who knows? So, mm. um, yeah, I just, at the very least, you know, I, I want to go one more time because, you know, tickets to the playoffs are ridiculously expensive. <laughs> 250 bucks. They are indeed. The 300 uh, level. Yeah, I was trying to uh, just get tickets for the um, Yankees-Blue Jays game last night since we had the off day. I was going to see if Judge would hit the home run. He ended up not anyway. Um, But yeah, it was like $70 for like 500 level tickets. And I'm like, I'm good. I'd like to see history. But 
for that quality of a seat for that much of a ticket mm, i'd rather have 70 dollars. i'd rather have the 70 dollars. yeah yeah all right well on that note hopefully we have a uh, happier episode of locked on mariners tomorrow please seattle hit hit the ball pitch the ball well field the ball well do all the stuff well do all the baseball stuff well please uh, thank you so much for joining us here on Locked On Mariners. For Colby Patnode, I'm Titan Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. That's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen. Now, make your second listen, the Locked On MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team. And the biggest story around the league follow the number one daily league-wide podcast locked on mlb on the odyssey app youtube and wherever you get your podcasts just like us and with that have yourself a beautiful baseball day and we'll see you tomorrow peace